This is the MFGKS. Hey guys, Kurt here. And D. Wyatt. Welcome, students, to another episode. Uh, why do I say that? Because we're going to talk about teaching games. Are we good at it? Is it a thing we should be doing? What is our teaching style? Should we even be talking about this at all? We'll answer all those questions. I just figured you were calling everyone students because that hoodie makes you look like a Sith Lord. <laughs> you know what's funny is I, I'm recording in my three seasons porch and again this is the wrong season for that but I've got my hood on I've got a bunch of hot air blowing in my face which is making me very tired so hopefully I do not fall asleep <laughs> hopefully you don't fall asleep it's another awesome episode of this I was just thinking about this the other day because I had decided because you know originally we had gotten Spirit Island and uh, Dan's been talking his talking my ear off about. It. He's like, you need to play this. It's the best co-op game I've ever played. Blah 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 blah. Beard and long. Sounds just like me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is just like you. And um, well, or who is it? Was it was it you or was it me? I don't, I don't know which one to shoot. <laughs> exactly. Or which one does it, which which one to keep? I had decided because you know the first time me and Tracy tried to learn this game, it just seemed like there was a lot of a lot of verbiage in the instructions, and we kind of got lost. And I think it was on a day we were just very tired, and we're like, oh, we can't do this right now, so we'll put this off, you know? So Dan said he wanted wanted to do an uh, in-depth look on it eventually here, and uh, so I said, you know what? This is a one-to-four-player game. I'm going to try to teach myself a game. So I ended up... Uh, you know, trying to learn it and, like, really study the instructions and stuff like that. So I thought, you know, I thought this is a cool little thing to talk about, you know. It's, it, you know, about, you know, every time you play a game, you always have to learn it and stuff like that. And there are certain people that I feel that are just very good at that and some people that aren't very good at that. And so I thought we'd kind of talk about a few things uh, about our teaching styles and whether we, you know, are good at it or whatever. I feel like I'm rambling on. Ramble. <laughs> let's let ramble on anymore. Let's move into our next thing. Let's talk about what we've been playing recently. So, Dan, why don't you start? So, recently, as always, we have been playing Welcome To, because it is, like, by far like my, my favorite role in rights. Oh, Spirit Island. Oh, Welcome <laughs> To. Let's talk about the same things every time. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Well, recently, because, uh, like, one of the podcasts I love is uh, Mile High Game Guys. I always get a kick out of them. And they had, like, a guest host on one episode, and the guy was mentioning how, oh, I think the fact that you choose, like, one number and one action is, like, you know, like, really unique. I'm like, wait, pick one number and pick one action. Like, no, you, you pick the pairing. Oh, my God, have I been playing this wrong for ten games in a row now? <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had to do that thing where I'm, like, flipping through the rulebook five times while watching a now-playing video just to make sure I did it right. And I did. It was just the way the guy phrased it. 
but I've had so many mistakes in learning games and playing games that I was like, I could easily see where I screwed that up. <laughs> it's like, it's like, shit. <laughs> Got to apologize to 12 people now. Nice. <laughs> I had flashbacks of six Nimit. <laughs> How I've been playing that wrong for 80 date games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. But, yeah, so I was like, well, since I got the game out and I got the book out, might as well quit playing the game. Um, outside of that, uh, Archaeology, the new expedition. It's a new little game out. It's actually not so much new as in like a remake. Uh, it was a game from a couple of years back. Z-Man republished it. So if you have any interest in it, grab it right now because Z-Man made it. So you'll never see it again when it sells out. <laughs> I still can't understand. Side tangent. News for it. Game sounds awesome. Didn't pick it up when it came out. That was only a few months ago. I was like, you know what? I should get this game. Sold out. Everywhere. No plans for reprint. Cool. Thank you, Z-Man. <laughs> it's not a pandemic, so of course they're not, they don't care about Pretty it. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you make pandemic news forward? Oh, and how about pandemic, you know? It's like, God damn. So anyway, so Archaeology and the New Expedition, uh, two to five players. It's actually like a really quick, fun little game. Um, it's basically a set collection. And there's like five different locations that you might be traveling to. And based on which location you're at, there'll be like tombs that you have to use maps to discover to get all these treasures and everything. Um, the twist of the game is like, there might be like broken, uh, say like there's broken pottery, right? Like one card is only worth one point and like three cards is only worth four points. But if you have like five of them together for your set, now you have enough pieces to like make a complete item. So it'll be worth like 10 points. Hmm. And, like, there's, like, talismans and everything. And on the cards, they tell you how many are in the decks. Um, there's, like, a little middle area that's, like, the market where you can exchange things for equal value. And what's pretty cool is there's, like, these desert cards that come out that it's like a sandstorm where everyone loses half the cards in their hand if they don't use their tent, which is, like, a once-per-game effect. So, you know, you might be, like, saving up. You're like, oh, man, I got all these coins, and I'm going to get six of these, and that's going to be 30 points, and I got these three talismans, and then a sandstorm comes out, and you're like, shit, because you already used your tent, and now you got to give up half your cards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, like, and all the cards that you lose, like, merchants find them later and bring them to the market. So you, at least they're there for exchanges and stuff like that. And uh, you just play until the deck runs out, and then after that, you finish out until nobody has any cards left in their hands. But it's fun, it's cute, like, you know, like, nice simple artwork, it's a really small box game, um, probably, like, I'm trying to think of, like, a, probably about, like, the size of the original Don't Mess With Cthulhu, like, just, like, you know, like, a two-stack deck box thing and everything, really yeah. small, really easy. Uh, I think it was, like, 15 bucks? Not bad. Yeah, and, um, but what is, what's nice is, super portable, like I said, two to five instead of the usual four, you know, most little games are usually a four-player, and, um... You know, for something that's been on print for a little while, it was nice to see it back. Kim loves it because of the archaeology concept and the Egyptian digging. Like, because you can go to a sphinx or a tomb or, you know, stuff like that. And uh, like I said, I was happy to get it before it's out of print forever and ever. <laughs> that's awesome. So two quick other ones that we got to play recently. Yeah. Uh, got to do a little, like, quick race for the galaxy again with Kim. Once nice. again, she stomped the ever-loving shit out of me. I don't know how <laughs> she keeps doing it. Dude, I, I play the app and I beat the computer, multiple computer opponents on hard. Play against Kim. Can't win. It's just like... <laughs> That's because she is a anomaly and you will never figure her out. Dude, she's so good and good at that game. <laughs> and then, and then uh, last but not least, we uh, actually broke out Networks again recently, mainly because finally all the, um, the executives and all that Kickstarter stuff came in. Nice. So uh, 
taught the group. Uh, we played the base game one time just so everyone can get familiar with it. So hopefully this coming weekend when uh, we get together again for some tabletop, they can play with the like all the add-ons and extra stuff and at least have that base fundamental for a game. That's awesome. Very cool. So how about you, buddy? Anything good? Now, mine's going to be super quick. Um, like Ooh, I, no. like I, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I win. Um, uh, oh, just like I talked about in at the beginning of the show, I taught myself Spirit Island. I, I'm sure I missed a couple of things because I, I feel like I got my ass handed to me in this game. <laughs> no, you it's probably kinda, did it right then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And the in the the sucky thing, which you know depends, it probably depends upon which spirit you have. But like, since you don't have another player to play with, you can use some abilities that target other players for yourself. But if it has extra text at the bottom that says, "Then you can do this for another player," you can't do that for yourself. So you're, yeah. you're kind of taking that extra oomph out of your the bottom of your card, basically. So- so did you just use one island board and one spirit, or did you just play two player by yourself? I played one player by myself, so I used one board and one spirit and got my ass handed to me, basically. Wait, do you remember what spirit you used? I used the the water elemental, whatever. I can't remember what... what it's a long... Like flows like river or ocean's hungry grasp? I think it's the flows like river, I think. Okay, yeah, because if you use the ocean one, you were doomed from the beginning because you can never touch inland. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> I think they say they say you they give you like three or four in, four ones that they say you should use for your first game. And so, yeah, I wasn't going to use any of those complex ones because, <clears throat> again, it's just, well, I thought for sure that I was going to have the upper hand because because I'm only one player, I only have to dole out four fear. And then all of a sudden these fear cards keep you know going through. Well, I didn't start off very good with that, so I was only to be able, able to get through maybe one or two fear cards before I got completely handed to me. And I didn't even use like a, one of the blight cards. I actually just used the blight on the blight board and just dueled them out as I, you know, slowly got, you know, destroyed or whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I can, you know, I know we're going to go through this a little more deeper as, you know, it, it, once we do this uh, in-depth review on it. But, like, I am a little more impressed with it than I was when we originally got stuck on it, you know. Because now that I know, kind of know how to play it a little bit more and know the mechanics of you know, trying to get your cards and, you know, <clears throat> use them wisely, but also remembering that you have these fast cards that work right away before everyone attacks you, and then you have the slow cards. Like, that part, for me, was something I have to kind of figure out a little bit more as I play, too. Yeah, like timing and when to use what and everything. Yeah. The, just the names of everything, though, is what is makes that game so great. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... You know, it's like you could be like, oh, yeah, you know, I kill these guys over here. But when you're like, you know, like the flames hunger for eternity, it's like, Jesus Christ. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's epic. Uh, I haven't played too many more board games, but what I uh, one thing that I got to do, which is still kind of stupid, but still I'm excited about, is uh, we bought uh, the Switch Online package, which is for the, N- the Nintendo Switch is only 20 bucks, but you get to play like 20... N- N- 
regular NES games, and then they'll just keep putting more on there. That's what that is. Okay. Yeah. So I like saw videos of something like that, and it looked awesome. Yeah, it's it's totally right now. It's like there's not a ton of stuff, but like I was able to play. They have uh, Legend of Zelda, but they also have a special edition where it gives you basically like a ton of hearts and a ton of gold and like almost every like weapon. The only thing you don't have <laughs> is like the bow or something like that. And so you're like kind of going, you know, you kind of have a little bit of a, you know, head start on to kind of do it. But also I hear if you beat the game, you also get to play like a harder version of that. And it, yeah, so I was really kind of excited about that. I was also able to play like, uh, what else? They have like Mario 1 and Mario 3. I don't know why they don't have Mario 2 on it, but whatever. What are some other ones? Solomon's Key, which is, is a fun little game from back in the day. And then uh, I know later on they're going to have, like, Metroid and something else. These are games that, like, literally I, I think I have, like, Metroid and Legend of Zelda, but it's kind of nice to just be able to go on the go on the Switch and just, you know, pop it on and just play whatever I want. It's just like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah, man. If they get a boy in there, his blob on that uh, NES package, I'm in. Yeah. That was, yeah. like, my favorite game on old school Nintendo. Yeah. I was kind of hoping they would do a package of, like, Final Fantasy games because like that's my jam but like apparently they're gonna come out with some random Final Fantasy games coming up here pretty soon where it's like Final Fantasy 3 Final Fantasy 9 it's just like yeah. just a bunch of weird ones but I'm like I'm up for it because I think the ones that they're coming out with are games that I actually hadn't played I just love being able to dig into but yeah just playing all those old school Nintendo games just brings me back and I really hope they just keep adding on and like you know, like when you do like Xbox Live and stuff like that, it's like sixty bucks a month, twenty bucks a month, that or twenty bucks a year. That is like nothing for me, you know. So yeah, that's not too bad actually. No, and you get exclusive deals and stuff like that, which I'm sure some of them will be cool, some of them will be just be stupid, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's twenty for a year to like you know just like because uh, I mean those old school games you're not gonna be playing them for like dozens of hours like there's just something like to tap into that nostalgia vein yeah so that's pretty neat yeah plus it's just nice like you know if i come home and you know like everybody else wants to watch something that i don't care about or like maybe you know you know if i'm just relaxing upstairs before i go to bed it's like it's just nice to do something like that so i don't have to like sink hours into it you know yeah play some excite bike yeah exactly <laughs> and that's on there too so yeah, oh, awesome. I'm glad to see uh, you getting some longevity out of your Switch. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's it's one of those things that when we when we first wanted to save up money to get it, I was like, this is gonna be like every other Nintendo, you know, system up until like you know like the last one that had longevity for me at least was like 64. You know, yeah. it's like the Wii. We got some we got some good playing time out of it, but like they still like couldn't tap into some of the games that they should have for that system and then like even like the gamecube like there were some cool games and stuff like that but i i don't know i just don't i just wasn't that impressed old old man tangent over yeah (laughs) (laughs) we spaced out a little bit so just like you know talking about nostalgia and all that's right all right well let's get into our topic of teaching so I feel like Dan is really good at this because, like, this is just that's your jam, you know. I feel like when you when there's a game night, you're the guy that's like, okay, everybody gather around. I'm going to tell you 
I'm going to tell you the story of Pandemic Legacy, or I'm going to tell you the story of Welcome to or whatever, you know. Is that, it, it, you know, you, it feels like you have taken on that role of teacher. Is that something that you welcome, or is it something that you're like, eh, it's just, it's something that's being bequeathed on me, so I'm just going to take it and run? Yeah, I mean, I dig it, like, you know, because most of the time people are like, I usually get that, hey, can you just show me how to play this? And it's like, sure, why not? <laughs> so, <laughs> and uh, and then eventually it spreads to cons where it's like, yeah, you know, I really, like, I love Orleans. I'll run some games with Orleans. I love this game. I'll run a game of this. So, and, like, every time you run a game, uh, it's always like, does everyone know how to play? And it doesn't make a difference if it's one or five other players. There's always one person that's like, I don't know how. So you got to do the teach all over anyway. Yeah. And I think we've talked about this, like, <clears throat> last year at... Uh, was it last year? Yeah, it wasn't this year, but last year at Con of the North, we ended. Me and Tracy bought a few games, and we ended up buying Patchwork, and we started to play it. And it was, you know, we hadn't even really gotten into it, and just some random guy out of the blue was like, "Oh, such a great game, guys! Good purchase." You know, and we're like, "Yeah, yeah, we're just, you know, we're just, you know, getting to start to learn or whatever." And he's like, "You haven't played it yet?" No, he's like. Let me tell you. Let me teach you how to play. And it's like, I'm sorry, I am not that guy. Like, I am not that guy that's just like, oh, good game. Can I teach you how to play it? Like, that to me, that's just like, I don't know. It, like, it was nice, and I loved it. Like, he was such a nice guy, and I was really, I was really like, thanks a lot for doing that, you know, which was, it was cool. But, like, I would never be that guy because I would be like, because I'm very, like, if I'm somewhere, if I don't know the person, I'm not going to just go, oh, here, let me teach that. Because I feel like I'm just, like, taking up your time, you know, that kind of thing. But, yeah, I don't know. One of my favorites ever was at the Uncommons at one point. There was, uh, like, three people sitting together, and they had Century Spice Road in front of them. And I was like, oh, that game is really good. You know, you know I hope you enjoy it. And uh, one of the guys looks at me, and he's, like, flustered. And he's like, he's like you, you know how to play? You know how to play? And I'm like, yeah. It's like, can you please teach us? Like, we just, we can't quite get the rules. Um, like, they were they were speaking French, so, so I'm assuming, like, maybe it was, like, English as, like, the second language made it a little bit difficult to get the hang of it. Yeah. So, taught them how to play, gave, like, you know, gave them an example. I sat there for the first two rounds just to make sure they were doing everything right. And I was like, all right, man, you know, like, you guys have fun. And I head out. Uh, you know, I go back to my table, and I'm playing, uh, you know, some games with uh, my buddies. And then... What was really cool is they they picked me up a latte and say thanks. You know, they, were like, they were like, "That was super cool of you, man! Like, you know, you just came over and helped us. That was so nice." And so, so, but yeah, it's um, I think I think it's like one of two things. I think it's either like when you really enjoy the games, like you know, you start to get into teaching, or uh, like in Kim's case, like I don't want to teach anything because I'm afraid of messing it up. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't want to tell something somebody wrong and then they go, "This sucks," you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. So when you're, you know, like, I think, yeah, like, you're really good at that. Like, I feel like when it comes to games, like, I feel like I have to be the teacher for the most part, you know, um, unless, unless it's, unless I'm playing a game with Mike, then I feel like Mike is kind of that guy and stuff like that. Cause he kind of likes digging into games and learning, learning every single aspect of it and stuff like that and kind of teaching, but I almost, it's funny because, like, I don't mind teaching, but I'd rather just be taught. <laughs> I feel like, you know, I feel like, you know, just tell me how to play this game, you know? I think I think I have the same uh, the same fears as Kim does. It's like, I don't want to get anything wrong, you know? And it's like, you know, chances are, regardless of how good you are at 
at teaching a game, you may still get something wrong. So it may be hard for you to do it anyway. Like you said with the six Nimit, it's like, holy crap, we've been playing this game wrong the whole time, you know? Our first eight games of Orleans, we always had the uh, the goods on the roadways face down because Kim taught us. Like, I never read the book. Kim taught us. That's uh-huh. how she set it up, and that's what it always was every time we played. And then one time I'm looking at the book. I'm like, why are they face up here? She's like, what? And it's like the next step in the setup. It's like, put the, you know, put the goods face down to randomize them and then turn them face up. She's like, I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because we actually had that – uh, question the other night because, uh, well, I suppose I could have talked about this on Now Playing, but we actually played Orleans the other night, actually. But um, we've heard we've heard it every we've heard it too much. But anyway, uh, same thing. Like uh, this is only the second time that me and Mike have played it together, and uh, he was like, he said the same thing. He's like, why are they? Why do they have this look on them just like they have on the road? Aren't they supposed to be turned over? And I'm like, no, you're just. That's just a randomization thing, and you flip more over. But I said, you know what? That might actually be a good like, like alternate game thing, you know? Because it's like, okay, now now you have to now it's almost like a secretly planned thing. It's like, oh, what do I get this time? Oh, I get this, you know? It's like, okay, now I have this many of this and this many of this, and we took that many out of the game. So, hmm, you know, which way can I go to get something else? You know, it might be a kind of a cool thing. I, obviously, it'll probably ruin the strategy of stuff, but. It still might be a, a fun little variant on it. Yeah. After 10 plays of playing it like that, I can tell you it's, it's a bit more chaotic. <laughs> <laughs> I went here, I got weed. I went here, I got brocade. It's like, cool, you got five points and I did it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Also, I kicked some butt in that game, so I'm pretty proud of myself because I always love when I get a nice victory because they are very few, <laughs> few in between or whatever you're feeling far in between or whatever so it's nice to get a nice thorough victory i'm proud of you too buddy thanks bud um so when you're when obviously i think i know the answer to this but like obviously well i I won't phrase this as a question i'll phrase this as a statement like obviously when we teach people depending upon who they are we teach differently you know because with some people it's like you read the instructions, you explain it the way you are, way you do, and some people just grasp, you know, and they're like, oh, cool, you know, I, I get it now. And there are some people that you teach, and it's just like, no matter what you say, they're not going to get that point. And you know in your head that you're like, I'm going to have to reference this every time. I can't <laughs> remember what it is for Legendary, but there are a couple spots in Legendary where I always have to tell Tracy, nope, it's this way, because it's like... And I'm probably the same way with other things too. So I'm not like, just like, like trying to tease her. It's just something that happens. You know, she'll be like, okay, I know I get this wrong. It's this, right? And she'll get it wrong every single time. And we'll just giggle because it's just like, it's like, you know, I could tell you 52 times, but it's not going to matter because we're going to be talking about it again. But I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's, that's a thing that kind of happens. You know, you just, you you know, if you play with people long enough, you kind of know their style of play and how they learn things. So you're like, okay, obviously with this person, I might have to kind of go in a little more detail to kind of get their grasp, you know, and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, um, so with my game group on Fridays, uh, Howard is like the other main game teacher. He's He like coordinates and organizes events and he's really good at teaching games. And he's also like very thorough. 
like everything he teaches, he'll give examples of, you know? So like with Vita culture, he's like, oh, you know, like, so take, for example, like these spots are blocked here. You can still do that, but you have to use your large grande worker. And like, he's doing everything as he's saying it for visual representation, which helps a lot of people out. And I think that's one thing, like doing examples and a lot of like visual rep definitely usually helps convey. It's like, I would... For board gamers, I would say that's most of the time. Some people need to see it in print. And, uh, and and the thing, too, important is, like, when you're teaching to not take that personally, it's like, like yeah, you go here and you get these goods. It's like, no, I, I believe you. But can I just see the rule book? And you're like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Because, like, <laughs> like, the other thing I, I enjoy doing, too, like, when doing a lot of teaching is I always try to find some basis of comparison not just to see if, like, they played the other game. Because, like, let's face it, like, a majority of games usually have, like, a fundamental based on something else. Like, card drafting, worker placement, dice allocation, things like that. So, you know, like, say, for example, you're teaching somebody role player. You know, you're like, oh, have you ever played, like, Sagrada? And if they're, like, like, if they're, like, no, but I'm familiar with it, you're like, okay, so they kind of get, like, the dice draft role thing. And if they're, like, Sagrada... Then you're like, okay, they may not be fam- as familiar with like these style of games. Let me go a little easier in my teaching. Mm-hmm. You know, like I find that's like a nice gauge too. Not only for like for similarities to compare when you're teaching a game, but also to get an idea of how deep you need to give an explanation. Like when somebody has played 50 worker placements, you might be able to teach them a new worker placement in like two minutes flat. But if somebody's like, I played Catan, like okay, I'm gonna take a few more minutes on this one for you. When it comes to teaching then, so is it something where you see the rule book in your head and you can go down it in a sequential order like that? Or do you find yourself skipping around and then eventually you go back and you go, oh, wait a minute, I forgot about this? Um, I kind of like to follow the formula. I, And it's killing me because I can't remember what show I heard it on, but it's like you explain what the goal is and then how to get there. Mm-hmm. And even though 99% of every game is the most victory points, you still note it just so you're like, all right, and how do we get victory points? Let's start with this, you know. Like a game like, uh, take for example, um, Champions of Midgard. You know, uh, I'll show the spaces first. Like, oh, you're going to go here to get like these wh- like these white warrior dice and you go over here to get the like the berserkers with the axes and you go here for food and wood and like, and, like, why are you getting all these things? To kill all these awesome monsters. And I'll show all the cards and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then I'll explain, like, how those work. But, like, when a game has one driving mechanic, like, in the case of Champions of Midgard, work allocation. Like, work, put all your workers in your spots. And then after that, it's like, okay, now we're allocating our warriors. You know? So certain games just have, like, a nice flow to it. Like, I notice, like, sometimes, like, in games that are a little more abstract or not like necessarily like obtuse, but just like hard to visualize for people. Like, like take for example, like welcome to, I, one of the biggest things I hear is you'll teach five people and everyone will get something wrong. Like the first time they play, but it won't be the same thing. <laughs> like one person will be like, Oh, I thought fences worked like this. And another person's like, Oh, I thought you can just put the pool anywhere. And like the other person's like, Oh wait, you can raise the same value multiple times. You don't have to like raise them in sequential order. And like, you're like, no, I never said you have to raise them in sequential order. And they're like, I just thought that's how it is because that's how it is on the bottom. <laughs> because, like, your brain fills in how you think other games like that would work. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, it, it's funny. I see it a lot, you know. So are there certain things that you try to avoid when you're teaching? 
you know, is there something that you know for a fact that if I if I do this certain thing that it's just going to cause more problems? I usually try to avoid the guy that's like, can I just see the rule book? <laughs> besides, honestly, no. Um, it, it definitely is like a patience thing. That's why I say it's like you have to enjoy teaching. Like if you're teaching a board game and you don't like it, you may be better off just setting up a how to play video for the group. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that's better than you being stressed out because, you know, like some people like go nuts when people ask them questions like during a teach and it's, it's going to happen. Like even when you're like, save your questions for the end, please. <laughs> it's like, okay, so it's a worker placement game. And how many people do we get? God damn it. I didn't even make it through the first sentence. <laughs> Can you block spaces? You'll find out if you give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. When you teach a lot of your games and stuff like that, like we've talked about this before when we talk about instruction manuals and stuff like that, like most people they only gleam like maybe twenty five percent of the you know the instructions and stuff like that, and other people just kind of you know and most people kind of fill in the blanks with their own their way their brain works and stuff like that as they go. you know is it something that you're really good at kind of you know memorizing all those things and kind of just you know getting that out even if it's something that's fairly new that you're teaching to everybody else or do you feel like sometimes you might have a problem with that i usually definitely like to at least have player aid on hand mm -hmm. for things like that because you know um if i'm not like if i haven't played the game multiple times i i'm not nearly as confident in my teach yeah you know um like one of the, like one of the hardest things is like when i got hail hydra nobody in the group played it before and I didn't get to play it. So it's like, I'm hoping I'm explaining this well. Yeah. And the, for me, like the one thing that always makes my heart sink when I teach a game though, is I'm pretty sure I explained everything well and nobody has any questions. And then we're playing a game and like, I'll do something. And somebody's like, Oh, you can do that at any time. <laughs> it's like, um, did I not say that or stress that? Like, I thought I did. But, and then the person's just like, oh, like, I just wasn't sure, you know. And, but, like, nobody else is like, oh, man, I could do Like, when only one person says it, I at least feel a little better. Yeah. But when somebody else goes like, wait, I could do that too? Me and me? I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. When you have, like, like a, I'm the worst. When you have, like, six players and they all go, oh, then you're, like, yeah. slap, face palm. It's like, I suck. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So, you know, with like come, you know, when it comes to the misplaying and misteaching and mislearning of stuff, you know, you know, I feel like, you know, a lot of games like it's OK if you miss a thing here or there. You know, it's like it's not detrimental to, you know, winning or losing a game for the most part. You know, there may be, you know, <clears throat> there may be like some things that people might miss that might really screw up game like the one of the games i can think of is like food chain magnate you know it's like if you miss oh, yeah. a rule here or there it could really screw up your whole game and ruin your experience you know but i think for the most part like you know it's just human nature you know we're all gonna make mistakes you know and you know we're gonna probably miss things here and there like this like we talked about with like people not reading the instructions you know to the nines you know so you know it's it's gonna happen yeah i mean and it's like one of those things like uh Again, I would say, you know, based on your gaming group is how that usually goes. 
You know, if everyone's just like, if they're doing it for the social experience and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, I would just get together. I don't really care if we're doing the right or wrong. That helps out a lot. If you're like with the people that are intense about the game, it's like, uh, you know, when we played this game last month, uh, I looked up online and, you know, uh, in phase seven, uh, you actually, you can't convert to more than two gold. You know, I looked it up and you're like, Jesus Christ, like, okay. <laughs> like that person's very intense about the game, yeah. you know, which kind of like, you know, gives you like shaky hands when you're teaching people like that. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. I'd be like, you, we're not playing anymore. You can go to hell. Just kidding. <laughs> you go to hell. You go to hell and you die. <laughs> See, my favorite thing in the world is, uh, like, you know, so Kim's two favorite games, the teaching them is hilarious because one of her fa- favorite games is Alchemist, which has an insane deductive reasoning curve to teach people and, like, literally scientific breakdown on how to analyze data and all this stuff. And explaining that takes some time. Like, you have to literally show the mo- – like, a lot of people need multiple examples and you have to show out, like – how these things work and merge and all this other stuff. And then her other favorite game is like Talisman, where literally like, here's the teacher of the game. Okay, when you go, you're going to roll a D6. You're going to move left or right that many spaces. And then you're going to do whatever it tells you to do. Your goal is to get to the center. You need a talisman to get to the center. All right, let's start. And that's it. Doesn't make a difference how many expansions you use. The game is the same. (laughs) (laughs) You roll a die, you move, and you do crap. So it's like talisman you can teach somebody in 30 seconds, including them picking out their person. <laughs> and then the other game is Alchemist, where it's like 40 minutes in, you're like, no, no. So you see, when you analyze this and you isolate this set of information, you can actually deduce in turn that these things can't be true. So these are now ruled out. And it's like, <laughs> you, know, it's like you need a degree to play Alchemist at certain difficulties. Yeah. And then the other game is like, as long as you don't eat your D6, you can play Talisman. <laughs> like, no kidding. So so is is there a game out there that like you, when you've taught it, you're like, this is not going to go well. You know, where you just like, right from the get go, you're like, this is just, it's not happening. Yeah, actually. Uh, so from one of my favorite lines ever was from the Chris uh, from the Dias podcast. He was saying how he was teaching people a really complex game and halfway through the instruction, somebody's like, well, let's just start and, you know, you can teach us as we're playing. And he's like, that is not going to work. <laughs> that when somebody has that, when they're like, can we just start playing and like, I'll, I'll just learn as we go. I feel bad because it's like, I feel like it's a, a lose lose situation because it's like, we can do that and you may not get this and then you'll be unhappy. And then I'll feel bad that you had a bad experience. Or you're going to be upset that you don't know how to do these things. Or that you could have done, like, oh, I could have done this the whole game. It's like, yes, and if I got to teach you, you would have found that mm-hmm. out. But, and then they have a bad experience. Like, I never find that those experiences work well for players. No. And I'm sure, yeah. and I'm sure when it comes to however longer of a period that game is, that the more detrimental it could be. You know, if you're playing a 20-minute game, guess what? You get through it. You screwed up, whatever. You you learn from it. You do better. You're playing a two hour yeah. game. Your experience in your day is probably ruined. For me, I find that anything past like the 15 minute mark is like even a game that's only half an hour. When you're unhappy, it feels like it was five days. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Especially yeah. if if you're being taught, 
especially if you're being taught a game that you don't know and you maybe not like either, it might just spiral it, you know? Or or maybe it's something that you're on the fence about and then it's just that experience just pushes it and you're like, I'll never play this game again. Yeah, and it's like... And the one thing I would say for people is um, don't hesitate to just... Like, if you got a game group and, you know, like, odds are you got Facebook or Twitter or something together or Meetup. Like, let's just say, you know, you had a lot of fun with that Pathfinder card game. You want to start up, like, Skulls and Shackles or Wrath of the Righteous. Put a link, like, put a link or two. Like, here's a link on how to play. Here's, you know, here's a different one if you don't like that guy. And here's a live play video of some people playing it out. And this way it's like... You can tell people, like, hey, if you know how to play before the night starts, you know, we can just immediately start playing. Mm-hmm. And some some people will get into that. Like, you know, they'll they'll prefer to – like, first of all, it takes the ease off you of having to teach. So you can actually kind of more refresh than teach. But it's also – it really, you know, it gets everyone ready to play and happy to play as opposed to, sure, whatever you put on the table is fine for me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it actually meshes well with my next question. So – do you think that that um, teaching blogs and let's play videos? Do you think that those are having a having a good effect on you know people learning the game and getting to it, getting into it, or is it something where it's like, oh, this is a nice little shortcut. I can just watch how they teach me how to play, and then you know hopefully I grasp it and I go into this game knowing what I know. Yeah, well, I will say this: like Rodney Smith is a godsend. And there, there is some really good videos out there. Um, you know, I mean, like, we, we even have, you know, started talking about the whole thing we want to do, which is, like, a sample round of a game just to show a game in action for, like, you know, to help try to, like, give people an idea of the vibe and, clear like, clarify how a round works. The, the downside is sometimes you're looking for a video on how to play. And uh, I'm going to apologize right now for the sound of this, but it's, like, there's nothing worse than, like, when you just hear in the background, it's like, and then and then he goes like, uh, yeah. So when you go in here and you go to this space, you can borrow your D, and it's like because, you know, he has the box of the game between him and his Microsoft, and it's like, holy crap. <laughs> and the and the thing is, there's really no way to decipher until you see it. Yeah. You know, um, like Geek and Sundry has some pretty good things up lately for video stuff. Um. I cannot remember for the life of me the uh, the girl's name. Um, this uh, not Felicia Day. There's a redheaded girl on there that is like super lively, very much into the stuff, great personality, and like really makes the games pop when she's doing the rundown. And the rundowns are fast, which is ideal. There's nothing worse than a like a how to play video that's like 47 minutes long. That it's like I can just watch a movie. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Sorry, I was going to try to find her name really quick. Would that be Becca Scott? I think her name is. Yep, I think you're right. The Becca Scott? Yes, it is. <laughs> yep, there it's you go. Nice. Yep. Because I see the last video I see, or the newest video I see, is for Title Blades Heroes of the Reef. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's weird because you think there would be more videos out there because they're, you know, that it feels like that's a constant complaint is people trying to learn the right way to play a game and some <clears throat> excuse me some people get stuck on certain things you know and it's like okay it'd be nice to have you know more people out there teaching these things so then you know you could you know find out those things because 
you know, how many times have you been like, you know, this is before even Let's Play videos were big, you know, it's like, you try to go on Board Game Geek to find one little explanation on how this one thing works, and it, God forbid you could ever find that, you know, and it's like, <laughs> I just wish one person would tell me, and then you would even go to Board Game Geek and say, all right, I need this, I need this solved, and, you know, people would be like, oh, I, I, you know, you know, what, talk to the person that made this game. Well, guess what? They're not responding. So, you know, I'm never going to figure this out. So I got to say um, the board game geek group and the board game revolution group on Facebook, they are pretty good with that. Most of the time, like it can be like, you know, like just your home and playing a game with someone. You're like, I don't think that's how that works. Like, Hey guys. And uh, you know, like when you're playing uh mage wars, you know, do you get do you get this before or after the attack phase? And you'll like have nine answers within like ninety seconds. <laughs> like like boop, 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 boop. and you're like, told you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it's pretty it's I gotta admit, I, if it was like fifteen years ago trying to learn some of these games, I would just be like, Nah, let's just let's just keep playing this one over and over. <laughs> like this one I know. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. So are is there games out there that you've taught that you're like, I just I hate teaching this to anybody? You know, regardless of like, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying like you hate the game. I'm just saying like you just hate to teach because it's just like you have a problem getting it across or whatever. Alchemist. I always leave that one to Kim. <laughs> nice. And when she's like, "Can you please teach it?" No, no, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's funny. I haven't had one yet. Excuse me. I think if I were to do like food chain magnet. Food chain magnet. I think I would leave that up to Mike, just because that's, there's a lot of working parts in that game, and I feel like I would steer somebody wrong, and I wouldn't want to do that, especially with the fact that you can be behind and stay behind in that game pretty quickly. Yeah, I feel like teaching that game is like trying to tell somebody how to like build a. Club. Yeah, I, seriously, it's like <laughs> reading War and Peace to somebody. You know, it's like holy smokes, I'm in here for the long haul. It's like, okay, so I'm gonna teach you this four hour game. And it's going to take me four hours to teach you, you know, it's like, oh my God. Okay. Well, let me clear my schedule, you know, take my vitamin C and get lots of rest, I guess, you know. And that's when they go, can we just start? And you're like, oh God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. So, so I do got to, so I got a question for you. Cause like, I know a majority of your gaming is usually with your family. Mm -hmm. Do you find that like when you're teaching games to like your family, that your patience is like more or less than if you were teaching Oh, it's very less. Oh yeah, for sure. That's what I think. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it's, when it's with people that you're close with, then it's like, why can't you get this? You know, or with other people, it's like, I don't want to scare you, you know, that kind of thing. But it, no, it's not too bad. It's, I think it's well-documented. Like when I play with like my sister, she does not like to play anything that challenges her brain all that much you know i'm not i'm not trying you know i'm not trying to like pick on her but it's just like anytime anything you know where a b a and b doesn't equal c all of a sudden you could just see like you could see like the smoke coming out of her ears and she's just like i i don't know and she'll just like shut down quit and then it'll be like okay well we'll never play this game with you again because obviously you just don't want to you know like even with me like and I think I talked about this before, like when we played Food Shag Magnate, like I knew from the start I wasn't getting it. And I got very frustrated. <laughs> but you know what? I still played that whole thing through because, you know, I you know, when it comes to like, you know, Mike had gotten it for his birthday or something like that, he was really excited to play it. And I don't like to let people down, even if it means 
having an aneurysm. You know, it's like, it was just, it, it didn't quite work out, but I, you know what, I tried my best. I knew he was having fun. So I just, I went through it and, you know, and I feel like, you know, I don't understand, you know, it's like, if you don't want to play a game, then don't play a game. You know, don't say, Hey, can we, can we play this? You know, it, I understand there's going to be instances where you don't have the most fun, but it's like, if you say you're going to be doing a thing, then you should do it, you know? So for me, you know, again, when it's people that are closer to me, sometimes it is a little It is harder to stay not frustrated when they don't get it, you know, because you want to just be like, obviously, you know how to do this. You would know how this is. I'm telling you the right way, but also... I know that I'm not the best at getting stuff across to other people. So sometimes I have to have a little bit more patience than that too and say, okay, so obviously I said this in a way that they don't understand. Maybe I have to attack it from a different direction. Yeah. It's like, um, cause like for me, it's like, uh, like when I'm teaching Kim games, like she does, you know, she does really well. Every so often we'll hit something in a game where to me, it's like the easiest idea on earth, and she'll just be like, "What?" And then, like, I'll show her again, and she's like, "I don't understand." I'm like, and I keep thinking that she's messing with me, but she's not. <laughs> it's like, and I'm like, I'm like, no, you have to understand this because we play ten games that use the same mechanic, and she's like, "Yeah, but I just don't get it." I'm like, "But, but you do get it, like, because you did it in the game that we just played." And then she'll just stare at me. I'm like, "Okay, let's try this again." So it's like. <laughs> Every so often that happens, I'm like, can we just play Santorini instead? <laughs> yeah, can we just play <laughs> something that. that everybody knows and everyone can play well? <laughs> it's like, how about Talisman? You like Talisman. Let's play Talisman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so if if you're out there and you like to teach or you hate teaching, let us know because we like to kind of talk about it at MFGCast on Twitter join our Facebook page and tell us what you think about that. Cause I feel like there's more people that like that don't like to teach more than like to teach. But you know, again, that's maybe that's just from what I see and stuff like that. But if it's different for you, let us know. So yeah, I think we've talked about that pretty thoroughly. Uh, I think we've all learned something here. Damn right. We did. I don't know what that is, but I think <laughs> we did. So I think we learned something. We have to. <laughs> you have to. You have to, right? That's all we're all here, to learn the ways of the world. All right. So until next time, we'll see you later. My name is Kurt. And this is D. Wyatt. And this was the MFG Cast. Thanks for listening. Legends of Tabletop Podcast. Creating legends one die at a time.